Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host, Chris Lavender. Today in Alive or Just Blethering, I'll be talking about Kazaya by Protest the Hero. Not a good day to you, Keith. How are you? Kazaya! Just because you wouldn't let me do it in the intro. That was so high-pitched that the voice analyzer thing on Discord cut you off. I think when I was younger, I used to be able to do it higher. Kazaya! I don't know. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, Everyone good. just switched off. Everyone's just like, oh, fuck this. Fuck We're not man. doing this. How, how, These guys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm not listening to this guy belt out Kaziah for the rest of the thing. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Live or Just Blethering. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're going to get balls deep in Kaziah later. Phrasing. If you're a returning listener... <laughs> Keep sorry, it up. I'm just... If you're a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back. If you want to get involved in the conversation, give us a shout at AOGB Podcast. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's it for now. Send us an email, aogbpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get deep into that conversation, deep. Like we're about to get, again, phrasing. So, Okay, Keith, you, you, you made this point really clear last week that you really like this album. Before we even started listening, you were like, this is this is a special one. Yes. So, with that in mind, I'm assuming that you've not let your nostalgia cloud your, your judgment this week at all. No. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Because I got some heavy nostalgia listening to this. This was a really... It, the, the the description I could just think of this week is like listening to this album again was like putting on a really comfy jumper that you've 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 had in your in your wardrobe for for many many years you've had it since you were eighteen years old and you've you've just never thrown it away because it didn't have any holes in it and it was nothing wrong with it it's just lived in your you've put it on it's like oh it's like it was never off oh okay no don't don't get me wrong here. Was I drenched in nostalgia listening to this album? Yes. I thought your question was, has my nostalgia sort of blinded me to this album? And the answer to that, if it was indeed your question, is no. Mate, this album came out in June 2006. In the US, it's, it's not clear when it came out in the UK. 30th of August 2005 for Canada, June 2006 for the US. 2006, this guy was in college and listening to this album took me right back there. Like, just burning down the Edinburgh City Bypass in my wee saxo. Just absolutely binning it to get to, to college on time. Usually late, because that's, you know, I was a badass. That's how I rolled. And, yeah, just just loving life. Listening to all the sweet picks and just unnecessary bass tapping and ridiculous kick rhythms and just all the falsetto. Everything about this album was just... Amazing, and it took me right back there. But Good. by no means am I blinded by nostalgia in this album. This thing's a classic. It is. It is a brilliant piece of music to listen to, from start to finish. 
there, there isn't a skippable moment within the whole album. I just want it as soon as it starts. I want to hear it to the end. It's what forty odd minutes. I, I forget the the length of it. It's and it just it just takes you all the way there. It's so well paced. It's really well balanced. I think the the album's really uplifting. Would that be a, a phrase you could share? I I find it really I don't know really positive and uplifting. Even just the whether it is the sweet pickings or the the keys that they're using, but it just brightens my day. It, yeah, no, I, I think I do get what you mean. Like this, listening to this album does make me happy. Like you know. In all honesty, even take it back to when we talked about Bullet for My Valentine and I could hear some, like, you know, recognisable riffs and some moments. I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, the, the, you know, when you get back into the album and if you've not heard it for a while, it, it sort of brings you up. Obviously, we talked about Bullet. There was some other things about that album that have not aged as well. But, yeah, getting into Kazaya, it's just, you're right, start to finish. There's maybe a couple of moments that drag. I'm not going to say this is a 11 out of 10 album. Like there are moments I personally find in songs, sort of, sort of around the middle bit. Maybe bury the hatchet, nautical. Some of those songs are a bit bleh for me. That's only to say if everything else is a ten, they're nines. I get like, you. You know, as 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 is our sort of method for describing <laughs> songs we don't like as much. You know, if everything's a ten, this is a nine, and. Yeah, but but from 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 start to finish, from no stars over Bethlehem, like you know, just that ding, like if it's a bell or whatever it is, and it just or that chime, and it just sort of fades in, and it just kicks off all the way to the end of the plate, a plateful of our dead. There's just some incredible moments on this album that 2006 Keith had never heard before, and I think that's why it still sticks to me today. Mm-hmm. Like I said before. I love Protest the Hero. I still listen to Protest the Hero. I've gone through all of their albums with them, with the exception of one, and we'll talk about that. But I've gone through all of their albums. Palimpsest released in 2020. Their latest the release was one of the best albums. It was my best album of the year. I still think it's a complete masterpiece, much like this. Like I still really love this band. They've had their troubles. They've had their ups and downs. I suppose I did step away from them for a while. Mm-hmm. I read about 2016. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, for me, this this just epitomied, epitomized, mm. epitomied, that's not a word. This sort of epitomized another time of my life. 2006 was moving into another band. I think, as I've already said, I was in my power metal band by this point. And this, you know, so this fit out, this, this would have fit like a total beautiful jigsaw piece. Like The technical rock. playing is... You, the thematics of the album, the, the you know, the the stories that is getting told are the story that is being told within the album, the technical playing, even the guys themselves. I mean, I think we're the same age as Protest the Hero. To so to see them just like banging out these tunes mm-hmm. and this album and the videos that went along with it, I fanboyed over these guys hard. Like I soaked up every like sort of. MySpace image or, or whatever you could find. I've talked for too long. Say something else. How did you discover Protest the Hero? Because I know what my my story was. It was Scuzz. I it was the video for Blindfolds Aside. Whenever that that came out, and I instantly heard it and knew, um, I'm into this. I was into, you know, listening to my triviums, probably bought for my Valentines, 
all those the albums we we very recently discussed yeah I, those that was my sort of my mindset at the time at the end of 2004 i got my metal guitar and i wanted to learn how to do all that sweeping and yeah and i really enjoyed like that lead guitar sort of sound so i, I wanted to try stuff like that and when i heard protest of the heroes like, this is incredible this is beautiful beautiful music that i can absolutely latch onto and blindfolds aside it's got this epic tone to it and the video tells the story which is a little bit about the the, the stories within Kazaya. and and i i totally was like yeah i'm in in there get the album swimwear get it on but how did you how did you discover them i don't know Anticlimax, I know, but I can't quite remember. I want to say, you said blindfolds aside. I think it might have been the video for Heretics and Killers. Very memorable video. It's sort of a spoof on uh, Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, The Witch is Dead. The band sort of play these out of work munchkins. Munchkins? No, not munchkins. Monkeys. The the purple. They're in, they're in full like purple monkey makeup. And, you know, they're, just, they're trying to find jobs and stuff like that. I, I want to say it was that. I do remember quite clearly, like, burning the CD, you know, acquiring it through fully legitimate means. Obviously. Probably Kazaa at this point. And maybe Kazaa? Who knows? And burning the CD, listening to it in my car. And I, I, I don't know where it was. I was with, with friends from my power metal band. And I was like, guys, have you have you heard this? Have you fucking... Have you heard this shit? And I played Kazaya. And like, they were all just like, yeah, man, that's, that's PTH, that's Protest to Hero. Like, where, where, where have you been? How do, how do you not know this band already? And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, God damn! I hate it when that happens. I hate it when no, you're the last person that know about the best band ever. Yeah, I, it happens, absolutely. There's too, there's too many times I can put my finger on occasions when it's just like, this band has existed usually for about four or five albums. It's like, this is your new favourite band. And you should have known about this six years ago. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. And then I just I just remember like shoving Kazaya down absolutely everyone's throat. Like if you got in my car circa two thousand six, you listened to Kazaya. <laughs> like I remember my fr- a friend of mine who like was very much into hip hop at the time. Like he was a rapper, is a rapper, was a rapper. And I was like, dude, dude, you've got to listen to this bit. And it was like the gang chat and gang chat and turn soonest to the sea. Mm. Is it Turn Soonest to the Sea? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. The, Sounds familiar. Maybe someday. Yeah, I think. I'll, yeah. I was like, you, you got to hear this, man. You, you like, you got to hear this. And like, just the that sort of breakdown and how that progressed. And he was like, yeah, man, that was, that was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that was cool. And I'm like, but did you get it? Did you get it? And like, that's part of the album, man. Like, like I'm saying thematically, it just got me so much. Like I'd, you know, by this point, I'd probably heard Mastodon. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I had I heard, had I heard Leviathan. I was definitely getting into Dream Theater. Again, they've came up multiple times, but you know, if you listen to Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory, incredible concept, incredible concept for an album. Uh, one I probably still fully don't understand. But, you know, this is just a place I was in where I was getting into this stuff where music was more than just like a, no offense, Linkin Park, but like a, Dun, 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 dun. I'm about to break. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. I, was, I was really starting to find like the depth of where, starting to discover depths of mu- new depths of music. Mm-hmm. 
I love her concept album. I'm I'm oh, terrible. Yeah. I'm absolutely. I'm, I've you know I'll I'll admit I'm absolutely shocking at working out stories from lyrics. I don't listen to lyrics. I listen to sounds. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. It's, it's just how I, I don't know. It's how my how my brain's wired, but it means that I have to read the lyrics, and I can only. I have to go on the internet to read the lyrics. I can't do that while I'm listening to it on my iPod or on on Spotify. Well, the Spotify these days has lyrics, which has kind of helped a yep. lot in in that quest to get better at it. But the the idea of a concept album really didn't click for me until a few years later when I started listening to a band called Defeater. Mm-hmm. One we will very likely talk about in the in the not so distant future. But they have every album of theirs are all linked with the same thematic storyline. So right. when when I was told by by Robbie uh, about Kaziah having these three stories within it, it, it made me realise that I was like, oh, of course it does. Like, it all made sense. Like, oh, yeah. it, it, once someone, like, points out something obvious to you and you go, oh, of course it does. And it just, it made, it totally gave it a new new sense of meaning to me. And that was when... So Kazai is not an album that I I listened to a lot when it first came out when it when it first in two thousand six when they came out with this, the next album Fortress I absolutely ate that for breakfast and then I, I dropped off I, I think my my music taste moved on by the time the next few albums started to drop after two thousand and ten my music tastes definitely took a a a, a deep left turn into, into heavy. So I I walked mm. away from these beautiful flowing guitar solos and and uplifting music and and I took a took a turn into something much heavier and it wasn't until we were supposed to see them in was it twenty nineteen we we all had tickets to go and see it might be even twenty eighteen even it may have it might have been twenty. It might have been the summer of 2018. We all had tickets to go and see them, but I think Roddy did Roddy blow his voice out again. There was a there was an incident which prevented them from coming over, and they were supported. They were going to be supported by Norma Jean, or Norma Jean was supporting them, uh, or vice versa. I don't know. And yeah, it was sorry on June 6, 2018. The band announced they were forced to cancel their upcoming summer tour in Europe and Japan and postpone the recording of their next studio album due to Roddy Walker developing vocal issues that might develop into irreparable damage if not taken care of. So, yeah, as I said, it was 2018 that we should have seen them in Glasgow. So then I think I discovered that Kaziah had a remaster. Yep. So I I gave it a, a, a fresh listen and, you know, a new listen back in 2018 and I enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to the album as much as I have done this this last week, just listening to it in 2022, giving it that fresh sort of of a critique, would, would that be fair to say, to, 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 to realise that this is a really great album and something I can, I find kind of timeless now, as, as I yeah. feel like I can listen to that at any stage of my life, whether I'm, you know, thirty-six-year-old dad, or a twenty-year-old student living in squalor. You know, spin kicking my guitars around, <laughs> and I'm going to have a good time. And it was, and it was really, really, it was really refreshing to listen to it. But at the same time, it was really comforting to listen to it at the same time as well. Well, yeah, 
good album. Yeah, I mean, let's not let's not say Kaziah is not without its flaws. Mm-hmm. The original version. Okay, yeah. I listen to both, by the way. I, I will, just for, for our listeners at home or in your car or whatever, I gave both the original and the remaster a listen. So I didn't. I didn't. I just I just listened to the original because that's where it started for me. I didn't go back to the remaster. And I think, I think that was I have... a correct decision. I, I wish I... I don't like the remaster. There we go. I've said it. There we go. Oh, controversial. I've, I've, I've said I've said the controversial. I don't like the remaster. I think the the drums are overdone. The clipping on. I listened on three different pairs of fucking headphones, thinking it was like, is it me? Is it my computer? Is it my headphones? And and every time it there's there's a problem. So stick to the original if if you haven't already yeah. and. Enjoy it for what it is, because, yeah, that kick drum sounds like shite, but at least it's not distorted. <laughs> Enjoy it for what it is, but what it is, is a bit of a hot mess. Like, I'm not, I, I do not mean to be disrespectful to the band or the producer. It's 2000, and, you know, was, was it recorded in 2005 and released in 2006? The producer is Julius Butty. We've, we've mentioned Julius before when we covered, we, we've done Alexis on Fire, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. Julius uh, is a Canadian producer well known for his work with Alexis on Fire and City in the Colour, you know, all good all good Canadian stuff. So so yeah, I don't mean to to shit on that in any way. I, you know, I think it's quite clear I fucking love this album. But it's guitar tones are quite it's quite rough. And yeah, like, r- like rough's like, a good like, word for it. Rough's a good word yeah. for it. We don't need to identify the individual flaws. It is, even by like, you know, other releases around the time, 2006, it's rough. Rough. Yeah. And and that's fine. and Because that's what it is. And that, that's part of its charm, I think, for Keziah. It's part of its charm. These guys were, uh, I don't even know how old Protest the Hero are. Like I say, I think they're the same age as us. So, you know... It comes back to what we were saying about other bands that came out young. You know, these guys. It's their first release. Let's keep in mind, this is their debut release. They had an EP before this. Mm-hmm. But this is their debut release. Released on Underground Operations in Canada and Vagrant Vagrant in the USA. This is their first release and it's, you know, Canadian progressive metal. Like... I know other bands were doing this at the time, but these were the guys that I heard this sort of prog metal, this, you know, incredibly technical playing from such young musicians as well. Like, I I absolutely forgive all its flaws because it's just, content-wise, so good. I'm absolutely stunned that Vagrant... Vagrant Records are such a... Hmm, how do I put it? broad label like they've got some they've got everything from like the 1975 and Bombay Bicycle Club and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club like I wouldn't a bit more of an indie label aren't they and then they, they have the, they have the more indie emo bands like Dashboard Confessional Get Up Kids Census Fail they were, they were on Vagrant as well so they they're just such a, a broad label, and I feel that Protest the Hero would have, you know, I, I wasn't in front. I don't know what the deal was that was put in front of them, but I always would have kind of envisaged them on 
a, a heavier a heavier label given the the type of music they were playing you know they were they were playing music in the style of between the bird and me and yeah. they're on a label and they're sharing a label with dashboard confessional well they are in the US hmm. of course underground operations in Canada have who do they have Avril Lavigne <laughs> was the was the f- that's the first. I've just clicked on Underground Operations uh, Wikipedia page just to just to see what name stands out, and that name is in blue. Yeah, there's. I'll be. I'll admit there's not a lot of names I'm recognising here. They also released Fortress. They released the live album Gallop Meets the Earth and Skr- third album Scrollyos. Nailed it. I will say that. So as 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 well respected as as Kazaya is i i do think fortress is the better album only in so far that it is just much more well presented better recording better production i think it's got a better pacing like you were saying there's a couple of moments in in Kazaya where bury the hatchet and um nautical wanes a little bit i think fortress does not it's a close call a really close call but the two like for the two of them i would say is is almost a draw but fortress just pips it over the line because of its just better sound and all the all the flaws that i think we're identifying with kazaya are virtually non-existent in fortress i will respectfully disagree okay I think I don't I don't think any album is particularly better or worse. Okay. Both have their absolute bangers, both have their sort of waning points for me. Both are concept pieces, you know, with, with very in-depth stories. So even the band say that Fortress is a natural progression from Kazaya, but it is based on Kazaya and 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 they take it forward, they get more technical they, 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 it's, they said they wanted to sort of move away from the sort of popular elements of Kazaya and get more technical, more into the metal, more into in, in, in the music with Fortress. And I think they did that. There's some absolute belting moments out there. The the whole Fortress thing is a bit weird because, it, you know, there's lines like Irish Steel and it's to do with Genghis Khan and stuff like that. Maybe we should get into the actual theories of or the stories of both albums for the listeners or, or mm-hmm. whoever isn't aware of it. Let's talk about Kazaya first. So you said there's different parts of, of Kazaya and stuff like that. So the theme itself is, and I'll just take this straight from the Wikipedia page. There are two ways to explain the concept behind Kazaya, the literal meaning of it and the deeper meaning behind it. The simple explanation is that you have three characters on the album who all describe a certain situation from their viewpoint, which is, which is the execution of a woman. We choose a priest, a prison guard, which is a prison guard, who's also the executioner and the woman in question, Kazaya. They all have three songs to tell their story. In the first song, they paint a general picture. In the second, blah, 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 blah. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. The deeper meaning of the concept is the gradual downfall of our society. Oh, just just the gradual downfall of our society. We tried to make the lyrics timeless so that the story could be situated in any time period. There's also the political and social critical messages in it. Not that we bluntly say that we hate Tony Blair, George Bush, blah, 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 but in more general com- comments on the fact that religion and power are getting more entwined every day. Mm-hmm. 
Right. That's just that's just Kaziah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Fortress. So that's more of a theme, isn't it? It's more thematic than than conceptual. Yeah. It's that's there's a there's a theme of, well, of of goddess and worship and uh, no 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 you're getting confused. You're getting confused. So fortress is it has to do with goddess worship. Because we spoke about this before we started recording, that's where you're getting confused. It's, the fortress is to do with goddess, wor- goddess yeah. worship. And how there has been this degendering of the Lord and Saviour. I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree with degendering. Maybe I don't know what degendering means, but for me, like the Lord and Saviour, i.e. religion, God, blah, blah blah, has always been of the male gender. Well, he's called the son of God, so Yeah. So I don't know how that's degendering, but maybe I just don't understand what that word means. Anyway, and the suppressed uh, feminine. A lot of it is based in Genghis Khan and old Irish mythology. I'd be interested to do if, to know if those two ever met. I doubt it. About the rise and fall of the goddess of the forest, the theme can be more appreciated by more people. If I had to reduce it to its simplest form, the concept is about the reimagining of goddess worship and the erosion of faith in scientific process. The erosion of faith in scientific yeah, so they want to like undo the concept of religion through science, mm. but at the same time, let's you know we can worship goddesses as much as we can we can gods, you know the male the the, the male and the female. So it's funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of <sighs> fiction that I think we read that that talks about sort of religion and and faith getting intertwined with power. So we could talk about Kazaya and Fortress both by, you know, you could go through something like Game of Thrones or uh, his Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty on the nose. It's a it's young, young adult fiction. So it's it doesn't doesn't hide anything. But one thing I've been recently watching, actually, uh, <laughs> the tangent tangent here. But if, if you've watched Arcane. Uh, it's an anime oh, on Netflix. Yeah, on on Netflix, yep. uh, it's League of Legends sort of spinoff, and it's it very much talks about science and magic being one and the same. So yeah, I, I can totally get where in someone our age in two thousand six was where their head was at if that's what they were sort of reading and and looking into. So absolutely, like I was totally eating this shit up, like. If I mentioned it at the start of the episode, how I made my friend listen to the gang chant of Turn Soonest to the Sea. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so the lyrics in Turn Soonest to the Sea, maybe someday when, when this bloody skull has dried, I'll know our city is in ruins when the greatest source of pride is a monument of dicks and ribs and gender crowns we wore where underneath a plaque will read, a plaque will read, no woman is a whore. Like, I don't know, maybe I just sound like an absolutely raging feminist at this point, but, like, I was fucking loving that stuff. Do you want to know why? Because no one else was saying it in 2006. Credit where credit is due to protest the hero. No one else was, I wasn't hearing or being shown music at this time. That was like, yeah, like, this shit's crazy. Like, the patriarchy and stuff. Well, you compare that just, you know what, Compare those lyrics to Bullet for My Valentine. Sorry to drop it back in there. Where where he's Sorry, Billet, and, and anyone anyone from the Bullet Reddit that's uh, still pissed at us for that. 
Don't you listening? But if you are, oh, sorry, hello. we're not sorry. Ultimately, there's there's the crux. Is we've got people of similar ages, and one band is writing really thoughtful, in depth critiques of modern provocative yeah. critiques of modern societies, like questioning, like putting in some hard questions. And then the other side of it's just singing about being dumped and blaming, yeah. And, yeah. and it's not not his fault; it's her fault. Yeah, exactly. Like, sorry, bully, you're basic. It's probably a basic, basic meme to say, but like, yeah, and and Protest the Hero have maintained that level of depth and intelligence in their music for me since 2006. So you said already that Palimpsest you you would rate as like a really, really, it was your best album of 2020. I'm even conflicted with Palimpsest because it's Roddy Walker's, FYI, great name. Yeah, I'm conflicted with Palmset because Roddy Walker's expl- explanation of, of Palmset is, you know, it was written during the Trump administration. Obviously, 2016, oh, sorry, 2018, he had to take some time off, although, uh, and, you know, it delayed the recording of the album. So it was written very much during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And Palmset, first of all, the meaning, the word Palmset is like an oldie time when, like, paper wasn't as ready available. And if you were to, like, sort of, I don't know if, if you wash it or whatever, but if you reuse a parchment, if you reuse parchment, if you reuse paper back in the day and you could still see the words underneath, like yep. apparently there's a word for that, palmpset, right? Okay. And the meaning of the album was to focus on America and how great it was and how literally great it could be again. Not the Trump concept of make America great again. Mm-hmm. It was look at everything you've achieved, look at the hardships you've been through, you know, your country was about people coming from all over the world, falling off of boats and trying to make a living for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh God, here's a Canadian band writing an album about how a great America was. So like, be that great again. And I'm like, fuck America. It's a bin fire. Just let it rot. You know, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> Apologies to any Okay, we, a third of our audience are from America, so... You know, apologies to any American, uh, you know, but surely you know a, a lot of people from the rest of the world don't like your country. So, it's Labs just died inside. You just make some question. You just make some questionable decisions, and yep. you know what? You, you you're free to manifest your own destiny. Just don't be upset when the rest of the world looks at you a bit questionably. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the UK invades countries with you, so like, oh, we we are, we are we are also yeah. we are living in the same bin, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. I, oh God, the U. Oh, oh, you're totally right. Sorry, the UK is a bin fire as well. So we're all we're all fucked together. But where was I? Yeah, so that's Palimpsest, and that that's that that was the, the depth and meaning behind Palimpsest. But that's the point I'm trying try to get to. The lyrics have, you know, I'm talking about how they've just maintained that depth and that intelligence. Like, Roddy Walker must be a fucking genius as far as I'm concerned. Because the guy can put into lyrics stuff I don't even understand. So, I'm quite happy to continue to listen to the music. So, the band went through a phase of... So, Palimpsest was... It's got an ST at the end, sorry. Thank you, Palimpsest. Um was was released on Spine Farm Records. Now I was on, on the understanding that Protest Hero went through like a a crowdfunding phase in the in the mid two thousand early two thousand tens. 
Yep. But at this point, I was I was in another place, so I wasn't really listening. To, I didn't listen to this band at all. So could, were you you were you were telling me earlier that this is something you were involved in was their Indiegogo GoFundMe campaigns. Certainly. So yeah, as I sort of mentioned earlier, scroll. I'm butchering all these pronunciations. I'm so sorry. Protest. Scrollios was their last release on underground operations volition they decided to crowdfund like you said on indiegogo they wanted 125,000 canadian dollars and the maple maple dollar Mm -hmm. exactly and they wanted and they released it themselves there was i want to say there was some issues at that time because there was they, they paid for it themselves but then people were like pissed they went through a distribution label. So they've recorded they've funded it and recorded the album themselves. But there is a label says on on Instagram, fuck off Keith, on Wikipedia, Razor and Tie. This is an American entertainment company that consists of record label and music publishing company. So there seemed I, I seem maybe I'm just wrong. But I seem to remember there being a bit of an argument at the time of, hey, you guys have paid for this yourselves. Why do you need a record label to release it? But I think from the, it was just a misunderstanding there, and it was actually the distribution company. They just needed hundred twenty-five thousand Canadian dollars. wasn't going to get it out there to the world. That was just to record it themselves. Yeah, that's it. So you don't need to wait, which is probably where Razor and Ty maybe come in, in that much like most indie labels they're not going to front you the money they're not going to sign you into a deal like here's a million dollars go and make me five albums instead they'll be like oh you've got the album great we'll do this we'll sell it we'll sell it to people for free and you'll get 10% of every sale but we're putting we're investing the money into the the postage the packaging the 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 putting it in boxes making the vinyls making it look good, promoting it, advertising it. There's so much. I know that the music is is really what's important and the musicians should be paid correctly for their their input. But yeah. advertising isn't free. Marketing exactly. isn't free. Putting it in a in a in a CD jewel case, pressing it into vinyl, posting it to fans, putting it in record shops isn't free. And that's where Record labels, for better or worse, step in and do the hard work. We we can we attest to this as as a podcast. We're content creators, and we have to tell people about it. And it's something that God, if we, if we had the money to pay someone to do it, I fucking would. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. It's a pain in the ass. So and that's all point. That's all point that these companies exist because they build the network and they they have the tools and the facilities and the skill sets to do this. Anyway, let's not get into that conversation. So, Volition was done by Indiegogo. The artwork was done by Dan Mumford. Who Dan? If you've Dan Mumford, he did um, Homesick by A Day to Remember. He's definitely done some Haste to Day stuff. He's done a ton of album covers. Uh, in fact, I've I've got some of his artwork in my house. So that was that was that was the Indiegogo campaign, right? This is where I then fell off protest the hero because 
to further experiment with like sort of online content and distribution and, and to try and contain or maintain control themselves their next release wasn't a set album it wasn't a, a fixed thing to release it was pacific myth and what they chose to do was distribute through the an online music subscription service bandcamp or sorry they distribute through what they chose to do was distribute through the online music service bandcamp so what you did was you signed up to their subscription service via bandcamp and they released a song a month okay was it a song a month yeah they'd give you a song every month now it's only six six songs it's almost like an ep so what you're gonna wait you're gonna pay monthly to wait six months to get six tracks like with all due respect to protest the hero i just i just wanted an album like that wasn't where i was so i haven't even really listened to pacific myth i'm sure it's amazing just like all their other stuff but that put me off them for a while i i i have to commend them i'm not going to say that it worked obviously if it's turned off who was effectively in in this in this current circle of me and you their biggest fan <laughs> it's Hoo-ah! clearly not going to appease everybody but I, I have to commend a band for thinking a little bit outside of the box. No, and, fair play, fair play. You know, we're, here we are in, in 2020, 2022, there's been more and more news about how Spotify, yes, it's it, it means anyone, anywhere can access your music. It's an infinite jukebox of music. And Pacific more and Myth more is getting on to Spotify. It. What's that, sorry? Sorry, Pacific Myth is now on Spotify. It, it is on Spotify, but it's this... You know the the bottle is more more important than the wine when it comes to Spotify, and the contents of Spotify that you don't really care about because they don't pay their artists enough for mm. all the revenue that they're generating with with their with their subscriptions. It annoys me that you know as a as one of their premium tier subscribers that most of my money is going to artists that I never really listen to. Uh, you know, I would love the fact that as my money goes to the, the songs and albums and bands that I listen to, but instead it just goes into a pot and then Spotify divvy it up yeah. in that way. And I'd, I'd, it annoys me, but you know what? Convenience you're, costs. You're kind of reminding me, I don't think I actually ever bought Palimpsest. I don't think I ever bought a physical copy. I may need to rectify that. But anyway, back to Keziah. So we sort of mentioned the theme. It's it's a story of the execution of a woman told by three perspectives. Do you know the order of the characters in the track listing? I do not, no. Right, so this is interesting because I initially thought they were mixed. I thought it was like track one is Kaziah, track two is the priest, track three is the prison guard, etc. Looking back into it, that's not the case. Uh, Part one is the prison priest, so all the first three songs, No Stars Over over Bethlehem, Heretics and Killers, Divinity Within is the priest. The next three from Bury the Hatchet to Blindfold Aside, Prison Guard, kind of obvious with that one. Blindfold Aside is the the, the one that sort of a sin I didn't care for. It draws it all together. Debts that rolled, you know, burned my eyes in cigarettes. Yeah, like again, just fucking great lyrics, Roddy. Great lyrics. 
Uh, <laughs> probably got it wrong. And then part three, the, the track 79 is Kazaya. Kazaya! I also love the Divine Suicide of K. I think I tried to make that a username at one point, but it was too long or something. You know, the Divine Suicide of Keith. But, uh, fuck, I was such an edgelord. And then part five, track ten, the finale, is A Plateful of a Dead, and that brings in the perspective of the band. So, again, just, just further cementing why I was loving this band, because there was just so much detail in this stuff that I was eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and still do. Fair enough. That's all good. No, it's a really good album. It holds up really well. And you know, my, my favourite songs, the ones that stood out for me, they still stand out for me. She Who Mars the Skin of Gods. Oh, oh Chef's Kiss is just the... I know, but can we talk about that name for a second? What? She Who Mars the Skin of Gods. Like, it's... I think... Within context, it's very fitting, but it's also a bit of a mouthful and a bit weird. She who mars the skin of gods. It's, well, uh, to mar something is is to to mark it, isn't it? Is to to inflict damage. Is that what Google just told you? Well, no, that's what Mars is. To, to, to the problem is, is that Mars oh. has two meanings. Is that you know, to mar is to to damage something, but. Mars is a planet, so it's. I think there's like a, a, a double meaning in that because you've also got whole suite of planets which talks about that, the, and the Greeks would call the gods, the name the planets after the gods or the Romans. The, the Greeks did it first, yeah. but then the Romans came along and changed it just because. And and it's sort of that. I think that's how it's got like a sort of double meaning to it. So it's like there's Mars and gods in that in that title, but it's it's to she who to me I read it as she who damages the skin of of a god. You know, and and a god is meant to be invincible. It's meant to be untouchable. Yet this woman was able to do that. It's like she was strong. She's she's got the the ability to 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 hurt someone in the right well, way. Bloody on you, Kazaya. Yeah, no, I just I just I just find the title funny. Um, <laughs> to to not go too much into the uh, the the definition of it. So, yeah, what what else stands out for you? I think blindfolds aside, she who mars the skin of gods. Anything else? Mm, I think divinity within was always a always a banger. Yeah, just that. The sweeping guitar solos always drag me in, and there's that that left pan, right pan, left right ding da 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 always used to catch me out, makes me stop anything you know would stop me walking in my tracks usually when I was walking to work with it, so it was always a good one. How about you? Yeah, can I see all of it? You can see all of it if 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 that's. No, I sort of, I sort of said divinity, uh, sort of bury the hatchet, knuckle, sort of drag a little bit for me. Do I also maybe say divinity within is a little bleh for me? Um, no stars over Bethlehem kicks off as a winner. Heretics and Killers is amazing. All of part three, all of Kazaya's songs, she who mars the skin of gods turns into the sea, and the divine suicide of K are freaking perfection. Obviously, blindfolds aside as well. Plateful ever dead, I could take or leave. It seems to 
I don't know whether it's just the, the shift in focus that it's it's bringing the band's context into the story or whatever. I, I don't know. There, there is something about A Plateful Over Dead that doesn't quite grab me as well. Fair so enough. maybe I'm kind of like half and half, 75% of the album. But uh, I, again, if, if it's not a 10, it's a 9. So, okay. but, but those those are the songs that sort of stand out for me is Heretics and Killers, Blindfolds Aside, 7, 8 and 9. Just, I actually once, and, and I suppose I've not really spoke about this yet, but I've talked about the technicality of the album uh, and how, you know, it's, it's prog metal and these guys were so young and they're putting out this sort of stuff and stuff like that. Arif, the bass player, was a massive influence on me. I'm sure you can tell because I can play just like him is the joke because I tried to learn turn suitors to the sea and fucking gave up like <laughs> nowhere near the capability of I am oh god is the, it's just another uh, name you're going to butcher isn't it uh, I'm not even going to insult the man by trying to pronounce his name which is probably an insult does it make you feel better that the person that replaced him has a much easier to pronounce name no because that just standardizes my ignorance. Mirab, Sorry, so uh, Mirab Mirab Dolbagi. Out of Mirab Dolbagi. Thank you. I it, I just wasn't hearing bass players do that either. Like the, just everything about this album I had never heard before. You know, the guy's just like popping in taps like it's absolutely nothing. He's even just putting in a couple of pops and slaps, you know, just why not and just blew my mind as a bass player, to, to, to just sort of hear this guy shredding as much as the guitarists were. Like, just actually having fun with it and just going round and just doing whatever he was clearly more than capable of doing. So, I've already mentioned earlier how, how they remind me of, of Between the Bird and Me in in their sure. sonic sound. Obviously, Roddy's vocals don't hit the same sort of level as... as, as Tommy Rogers, but I think the certainly when you look at like comparing comparing Arif to Dan Briggs, I think is a fair as is, is a fair comparison because I think the pair of them both bring bass up a level. You know when 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 I'm I, I played in hardcore bands, punk bands, the bassist is is just playing along with the band effectively, but in Arif's case and and Dan's case for Between the Bird and Me they really are driving the music in, in many times and it's the guitarists that are keeping up with them in, in some places I think Protest the Hero helped me find Between the Buried and Me like you're saying but they are very similar I, I would say Pro, um, sorry, Between the Buried and Me are more on the edge of progressive I think even Protest the Hero will we'll say it in the sense that between the Bird and Me just had longer songs. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, they Between the Bird and Me would release a fifty-minute album of which is like eight oh, songs. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's sort of what I'm referring to. So, Protest the Hero absolutely helped me find Between the Bird and Me, and we, we've talked about this before. I struggled with Colors. I, I I can listen to and love Colors, but it took me a while to sort of really listen to that. There's such a, there's such a a harshness for me to colours that is is difficult to listen to it from start to finish. But the great misdirect, holy crap, 
I loved The Great Misdirect. So I was very much listening to Protest the Hero and Between the Birds and Me at the same time. And still can't play anywhere <laughs> near these guys. Could never even attempt to learn these songs or it would take me so long I would just give up as I literally did with PTH. We will but, we will one day talk about Between the Bird and Me in much more depth because that time will come. But yeah, like even so there you go. How how did these how did this band affect me? It totally got me into that sort of prog metal not prog metal, it got me into that yeah, well progressive metal got me into that technical playing. There's another band I might speak about, uh, the Human Abstract that I was probably listening to around about this time. Good show. There was and then it would later impact me in bands like The Contortionist. I love The Contortionist. And I don't know if I would be in a place... Did I see Protest the Hero and The Contortionist? I think... Pro... Did Protest the Hero tour the studios with Contortionist? They may have, but I wouldn't have gone to see it back then because that would have been a time when I wasn't into it. I saw Protest the Hero once, and we talked about this, supporting Bullet for My Valentine at... <laughs> I mean, I missed that show. Uh, so that was well, I missed exchange. that performance. Yeah. So I got I got to talk to Roddy, and he was just a really nice guy. He didn't I don't know whether he was being sarcastic or if he was he was just being generally funny, but he just didn't understand the attraction yeah. of Matt Tuck. <laughs> like he's like, oh, no, all these girls, all these girls are talking about Matt Tuck, Matt Tuck, Matt Tuck. I don't know who the guy is. Well, yeah, and like it's funny. We should we should I can't. It, it would be unfair of me to call out. Uh, Matt Heafy and his streaming and not call out Roddy Walker and his streaming. So I, oh. I follow Roddy on, on the socials as well. And Roddy also streams I assume he twitches I'm not entirely sure. He is clearly not as prolific as, as Matt Heafy. But that's where it doesn't bother me because the guy's just doing his own things. He, he's doing sort of vocal covers and stuff like that. He's just doing the odd video here and there. He may be maybe more prolific like, like I said on the, on the Trivium episode. I'm not a streamer. But Roddy streams as well. Clearly these guys are having more and more income streams than income revenue streams than than just, you know, tours and selling records and stuff like that. But it's just it's funny that like it annoyed me when Heafy did it, didn't annoy me when, when Roddy did it. So game on. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I've not got much else to say, but, you know, Kaziah, a really welcome album to listen to. Not really giving it a full listen for a long time. It was really nice to go back to. One that I will certainly consider listening to again and again from from time to time. How about you? Yeah, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> Judea Kelly. Uh, Jada. Judea Kelly, the female vocalist on the album, I think just deserves a shout out. I think a bold, bold swing from the band on their debut album to include a guest vocalist as much as they include Judea. Again, apologies if I'm butchering your your name. So I just I, you know just 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 credit where credit's due. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice touch, nice bit. Yeah, totally. It adds a a voice is absolutely beautiful and it. It goes really well as a nice sort of segue within the album to to change the tempo of things, and knowing the the album's story to have a female voice is actually really important. So yeah, good good on she, you. She uh, yeah she was she she also came back on Volition as well. So 
they um I think they like to I would if you're a protest hero fan, if you're a Kaziah fan, obviously you've probably heard maybe like yourself, Lav, you didn't stay with them after Fortress. Skrullus Skrullus is good if maybe just a little bleak. You can maybe tell the band are a little bit fed up with the, the record industry at this point. There's a bit of a lineup change. Arif and Mo Carlson, the original drummer, leave. Uh, well, Mo leaves just before the the recording of Volition. So definitely check out Volition. I can't say anything to Pacific Myth because I've not heard it. But Volition's absolutely great. And then, of course, I would, couldn't recommend Palimpsest enough. Uh, so. I fucking love Protest the Hero. Mm, oh, I love it so much. It shows. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, and um, thank, I'm glad. I'm glad that like we 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 were both we both listened to the band at the same time. We did, we did. It's it's one of the few you know few bands I think that that we can really talk about that we definitely we definitely had the moment they 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 made an impact for at least a good three years with me between Kazire and Fortress at least. I didn't stick with them. You did. So it's really good to hear that you were you stayed involved in them. I'll maybe I'll I will maybe give Volition a listen this week because I, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested now. They've wet my palimpsest from Google, a manuscript or piece of writing material on which later writing has been superimposed on affected earlier writing. So I think that's what I said. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Great, great. There you go. There you Super. go. Great. Uh, super. So, anything else on Kazaya? Yeah, great question. I could probably go on. I won't. Album's an absolute belter. PTH for life. Fight me. Good to know. Outside of Protest the Hero, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you listening to? <laughs> not, not a lot. Not a lot, actually. No, po- no podcasts, no podcasts, no TV shows, nothing. Uh, yeah, no, I could, I could bring up some podcasts. Because I, I did go really back into Protest the Hero. Uh, I went through Fortress a few times and I got... I listened to Volition again. Didn't listen to Skrullius. Um, so, so yeah, I did, I did spend a lot of this week listening to PTH. But I suppose I spent a bit more time listening on to... Have, have, I, have I recommended Confessions of the Idiots? Not heard it before. What's it about? Confessions of the again because I'm such a loser. Another Melbourne-based podcast. <laughs> I just listen to the same group of comedians in Melbourne. I'm probably getting some to some stalkerish levels here, but uh, Confessions of the Idiots. The guy um, basically goes on Reddit and reads confessions, but has comedians. So like, you know, like has guests. His guests are comedians and bounces off of these comedians and bounces off of these guests as to like you know what do you think the confession is going to be what do you think they could do about this confession that they've put on the internet and stuff like that it goes through like three or four an episode it's usually pretty funny i've not listened to a lot of that podcast i've mostly gone through the guests that i know because there's a few i don't really know Mm -hmm. but uh i think he followed me on insta as well which is cool because i followed him very nice Sammy P. So that's kind of what I've been listening to. A butt ton of Protest the Hero and Confessions of the Idiots podcast. Very good. Very good. Um, That about yourself. Well, after speaking about Parkway Drive, I I 
briefly mentioned Bleed From Within, and just so happens they have released a, a new EP just they this have. week. Uh, so, yeah, I would. It's uh, is it called Shrine? I think it's called Shrine. Give it a listen. See what you think. Uh, it's it's completely serviceable, well recorded. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. The other thing I was listening to, there's a a new Alexis on Fire track, which I keep finding myself going back to. I want to say you mentioned this last week. Did I mention this last week as well? I, I keep going back to it, and it's it, it's 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 really good. I, I really quite like it. It's it's. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of it because it's not showing on my thing. But yeah, uh, sweet dreams and otherness. The, no, the other one. <laughs> Reverse the curse. Reverse the curse. That's it. Yeah. So that one that's got me interested in a uh, in that. Uh, I listened to the new Architect song that appeared on my release radar this week, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, mm-hmm. There is a new Lorna Shaw song, actually, I will recommend to anyone who likes Deathcore to to give it a listen at full volume and sacrifice your ears because it will tear your face off. It's, nice. It's melting, face-meltingly good. And uh, Moontooth, a, an, another band I've uh, been sort of following i enjoyed their last album they released they released an album actually sorry in 2016 they released an album called i'm gonna absolutely chroma paragon which is amazing album but they've released a a new they've got a new album out called photograph uh, phototroph that i need to listen to but i listened to one song from that and i think it was called Nope, I didn't write down what it was called, sorry. Oh, yeah, and there's a new My Chemical Romance song. Is there? Yes, there is. I've not heard... I've got another song that we've been listening to, but I've not heard there's an MCR uh, song. It's goff. It's fucking... It's goff. It's absolutely pants. I'm... Nope. Sorry, guys. It's It's very disappointing. Especially after... Jared Wig, he did a, a guest appearance quite recently and did some did some growls on a on a song. Yeah, on whatever Heafy's new project is, Ishikata, something. And he's the good part of that song. Jared Wig is the good part of that song. I must say. Okay. Well, um, I was just reminded there as well, actually, that we've you recommended uh, Elenium and Spirit Box. Yeah, Shivering. What do you yeah. make of that? Because I know Elenium not particularly well, but so I've I've listened to a little bit of, of of stuff like that, and it's came up in some radios and stuff. So, like, it's hmm. What do you think? It it was interesting. It's got some vibes to me. Reminds me of a time around the, the late two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when. Bands just had to have a, a drum and bass breakdown in yeah. in their songs. And Elenium seemed to just run with that. And now it feels like there's been a spirit box song that's been Eleniumed. 
Um, yeah, it's got Courtney's voice on it. It's not particularly spirit boxy, but it's got some parts that I can be like, eh, I can see where the where it's coming in. And you know what? Spirit Box are now probably one of the, the biggest metal bands, like rising metal bands at the moment. They could easily do a small tour of, of the UK or Europe and sell out. Uh, they're they're doing some they're doing some extra UK dates because they're coming to download and I fucking wish they were going doing more than London but I think they're doing two originally it was one but there was such demand they're doing an extra two dates in London round about download but they're not they're not doing any more than that and, and I'm kind of guided I think they're touring with someone they are the support for someone I want to say I hate the headliner so I'm not going anywhere near it but I am dying to see spirit box it'll be interesting when it happens it'll be interesting when they finally do like a yeah. proper full tour the the Elenium song there's nothing particularly spirit box about it to be fair all right corny has a scream in it later on but there's not i didn't feel i was like this just sounds like Elenium featuring courtney laplante i don't it doesn't feel like a a song that's been written between both both artists so i was a little bit disappointed when i heard it to be fair i think you were trying to say it's you know it's it's it's, it's a light spirit box song and i i think i think i heavily denied that but i suppose when you actually go back to eternal blue and you hear like we live in a strange world and stuff like that like, that's they the do song have, i was i was, song yeah, I was trying to they hear. absolutely do have those lighter moments and i'm not i'm not against that at, at all um but i, I suppose I do like the Elenium song, but I like it because it's an Elenium song. I don't like it because it's a Spirit Box song. You know, I don't. I don't think it's very. Like I said, I, I, I don't see where the Spirit Box part is in it. Um, Fair apart enough. from the apart from the screams. So nothing, nothing that sounds anything like Protest the Hero is is what else has been listened to as the the bottom line of that. Really, absolutely, absolutely. I did. I, I'm not gonna lie. In preparation for. Perhaps our fiftieth episode. I did start listening to some of that. I should maybe get started on, on that too. Because uh, that's going to be a biggie. It's going to be a biggie. That's very be a likely. Biggie. Very very likely. Can I wait? Reet, what you uh, what you going to bring to us next week, mate? Well, I mentioned this band earlier. We were meant to see them, supporting in support of Protest the Hero in twenty eighteen. I'd like to talk about Norma Jean. Um, All right, wrongdoers. N- no, not 2013's wrongdoers. I'd like to go back oh. to 2005. We're in that. We're God in that, damn, we're in that. We're in that zone. Uh, 2005's Oh God, the aftermath. The first album with Corey on vocals after Josh had left from the album prior. Uh, it was either that or do the Chariot. <laughs> so um, I'll go with Norma Jean, and we can then just mince the Chariot in there quite comfortably. Sounds yeah. good, man. Cool. I'm doing with that. I've, I've got, a, uh, yeah, it's a, sort of similar to maybe Parkway Drive, really. My relationship with Norma Jean is sort of similar to what my relationship with Parkway Drive was. I sort of dipped in and then dipped out again pretty quickly. I've got a couple like that. This, this, Yeah, I think they're a band I could probably talk a lot about because they've got a lot of great albums. And there's albums that, just pass me by whether for, for one reason or another but i'd love to talk about them because i think they're they've been they've had they've had a bit of a hot streak uh since 2013's wrongdoers and oh god the aftermath 
personally for me was where I first heard them. So I'd love to talk about it. Nice, nice. Can you tell I've watched a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine recently? Nine Nine. Nice. Good nice, for nice, you. Nice. Good for Thanks you. Very much. But uh, well. Is it me? Say the damn words. Uh, oh, you damn words. Oh, would, would would you would you be so kindest, or oh, or oh, dearest Keithest, to take us us home? Keith, who Keithest, who mars the skin of love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't mind if I do. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We have been alive or just blethering. Please, if you would like to get in touch or offer your opinion on Kazaya, please do at a live at AOGB podcast. Instagram is probably where you're likely to find us. Twitter also. Facebook, send an email, AOGBpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any more thoughts on this record, personally, I'm still a little bit moist from listening to it and I'm probably going to go listen to Palimpsest now to send me off to sleep. So... Next week on a live or just blethering, Lav will be taking us through wrongdoers. Sweet <laughs> Lav will be taking us through what are they called? What's oh, it called? Oh God, the aftermath. Lav will be taking us through Oh God, the aftermath by Norma Jean. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Good night.